Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Good morning, Scott Luton and Corinne Bursa with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Hey, Corinne, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to see you, Scott. You as well. We've got a huge show here today. Really excited. Uh, we got a, a special guest we're going to be talking about and really diving into the good news and the bad news for supply chain planning in this new business environment that, hey, we all find ourselves in whether we like it or not. Right, Corinne? Absolutely. And you know, I love these good news, bad news, right? I want to look at both sides of the equation. So I can't wait to hear what our guest has to share. I completely agree. But hey, folks out there in the cheap seats and the sky boxes, whatever we want to call it here today, uh, you're part of the conversation. We want to hear from you too. So we hope you'll be sharing your, your takes and your thoughts, your POV, your expertise, you name it throughout the next hour on our discussion. And we're going to share as many of those comments as we can get to, I already see a few folks uh, chiming in. Corinne, before we bring in our guest, let's welcome in some of these folks where they're tuned in from. Looks like around around the globe as always. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So you know we can't have a live stream conversation without our, our hard-hitting production team. Big thanks to Catherine and Chantel and Amanda, you name it. Hey, Clay, the Diesel Phillips is with us here as well via LinkedIn. Great to see you, uh, Clay and Catherine. Alimi is tuned in via LinkedIn. Hey, let us know where you're tuned in from and make sure, hey, if I get y'all's name wrong, Corinne, they got to keep us honest, right? They got to make sure we uh, we get that right, correct? Absolutely. With a name like Corinne, I'm very sensitive <laughs> to it. So, um, so please correct us if we get it wrong. That's right. Let us know where you're tuned in from there, Alimi. Bogaboo, Bogaboo, I believe, uh, tuned in via LinkedIn. Good evening to you. Great to have you here. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Hey, Jonathan is back with us via LinkedIn. Jonathan, don't tell me. I think he is. He hails from Louisiana, Corinne, I believe. Uh, we may just sneak some food discussion in here today. And, <laughs> and hey, good food in Louisiana, those things are, go hand in hand, hand right? In hand. Yes, sir. But Jonathan, great to have you back. Uh, look forward to your perspective today. Hey, Daisy, watching from Kenya via LinkedIn. Great to see you here today. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, and, and and thanks for letting us know where you're dialed in from. We love making these connections, right, Corinne? Absolutely. Absolutely. The world is getting smaller and smaller, and we love to know. And thank you for spending time with us. I know That's it's right. late in the day for you. That is right. So, Daisy, great to have you. Hey, Boat Gabu is from South Africa. Okay. Thank Wonderful. you for sharing that. I was just on this morning on This Week in Business History with our good friend, Jenny Froome, who hails also from South Africa. We kind of uh, Corinne, we completely kind of history geeked it up a bit this morning, had a had a blast, but uh, welcome in to you. Uh, Nishant, tuned in from India via LinkedIn. Great to see you here, Nishant. Hey, Dr. Julia is back with us, Corinne. Nice. Wonderful. From Florida too, right? That's right. And we may, we may talk about Florida a little bit here in a minute, but uh, always enjoy your perspective, Julia, here today. Let's see. Marley, tuned in from Brazil via LinkedIn. Great to see you. Kevin, Tuned in from New Jersey via LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us. Hey, GP, Gene Pledger is tuned in from Northern <laughs> Alabama. Great to see you, Gene. 
Josh Goody, uh, Gene, Josh, Josh Julia, yeah. Jonathan, all these regulars. So good to have them. Josh has already given us a weather report, Corinne. Look Sunny. at that, 70 in Seattle, 70. I mean, that sounds like a winter day compared to uh, what's happening in the rest of the world right now. Man, you are so right. But Josh always keeps it real with us here. So Josh, looking forward to your perspective throughout the hour. We got so much to get into. We have a great guest we're going to be bringing on in just a minute. I wish we could hit everybody, man, deep via LinkedIn. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Khaled from Cairo via LinkedIn. Khaled probably, rather. Great to have you here today. Hey, Dr. Rhonda is with us here today. She says, good morning, lovely humans. Taking a break to listen in and learn today. Corinne, lots of learning is going to happen here today, right? Absolutely. And Dr. Rhonda, we are always glad when you can make time to join us. So thanks for being here. That's right. One last thought. Rhonda and I hooked up. Uh, let's see, today's Wednesday. I think on Monday, as we were prepping with uh, the Redwood Logistics team for our oh, Veterans yeah. in Logistics event, July 26th, I mean, next week, Rhonda has been gracious enough, generous enough to show up, be a part of our esteem panel, and talk about mental health balance and wellness tips. So, really appreciate that, Rhonda. We owe you one, and we'll see you next week. Okay, so. Welcome everybody. And we're going to try to get through as many comments as we can. We've got a great show teed up, so keep them coming. But Corinne, with no further ado, we, I think we got to welcome in our, our big time home run guest here today. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. I think this will be her first ever swoosh. So really? you know, make it a good one. <laughs> I remember mine. It's, it's going to be good. It's <laughs> simple things in life, folks. So with that said, we'll welcome in Valerie Tardif, Vice President Product Management with N4 Supply Chain Planning. Hey, Valerie, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. Great push. <laughs> Again, welcome, welcome. Welcome is the simple things in life. You know, we get the swoosh. Valerie, you're the star of the show, but that swoosh, I think he or she already has an agent because it gets everybody's attention. So, hey, so it's uh, we love the simple things. But Swoosh aside, Corinne and Valerie, we've got a really neat starting point. Before we get into the good and the bad uh, with supply chain planning for 2022 and beyond, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with a couple topics here today. So it is, Corinne and Valerie, National Hot Dog Day today. <laughs> Who would have thunk, right? Now, last night was Major League Baseball's All-Star Game. Unfortunately, I think for this audience here, the American League team won again. I think that's nine or ten in a row. But that aside, we'll stay on the good, good side. We all know that baseball and hot dogs go hand in hand. Baseball and good food goes hand in hand. So, Valerie, little birdie told us that you grew up a big Montreal Expos fan. I think you lived in Montreal. So what do those trips to the Expos games involve, especially from a food standpoint? Oh, for me, it was uh... – such great fun. I mean, you know, back in Montreal a little bit, couple, you know, five, six years after the Olympics, the, the games were held at the Olympic Stadium, huge place. Sometimes it's hard to, to pack it in. But uh, for me as a teenager, it was uh, it was a great time to go. Uh, $1 would get you in the bleachers. Wow. And, uh, and we got to sit and, uh, of course, you know, enjoy hot dogs and uh, my favorite players. Back wow. then, you know, it was uh, Gary Carter and Tim Raines and Andre Dawson. You know, who who could go wrong? This was, <laughs> this was a great, uh, great time. I love it. Uh, one other awesome. name I noticed from those early 80s, Tim Wallach. Tim Wallach must have played for like 50 years in the major leagues. <laughs> he was still around in the early 90s. 
And then one other one little factoid, and, and Corinne, we're coming to you next, but this ballpark, State Olympique, is that right? Yeah, the State Olympique. Yes. Yeah. So good baseball, good food, great memories, great right. value, a buck to get you in. Valor, it sounds like you could write some book on those early yes. uh, baseball days, right? On those hot summers, you know, it was just the perfect place to go. It was an adventure for us. You took the subway, you know, you got to walk through the Olympic complex to get there. Wow. And, and those awesome. hot dogs. All right. So we could, we could speak for a whole hour about Valerie's, uh, I think, ballpark days. But Corinne, you've got some interesting memories growing up in Palm Beach County, Florida, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm born and raised in South Florida, Northern Palm Beach County. But my Expo's connection is that they did their spring training mm-hmm. at the stadium in West Palm Beach. So it's like the West Palm Beach Municipal Stadium. And I think that the Expo's trained there for spring training from like 61 to 72. And then again, from like 81 to 1997. And guess what? They had to share the facility and guess who they shared it with. They shared it with the Braves. Really? So we got to double dip and we'll get to go to expo games and to Braves games. So I had very divided loyalties as a child because, you know, like Valerie mentioned, it was very cheap to get in. I, (laughs) I honestly think my parents would just drop me off there with my older brother and say, okay, we're coming back in three hours. And you know, and then pick us up afterwards. Wow. So um, they give us a couple of bucks for popcorn or hot dogs and a soda. And we'd sit out there and roast and watch baseball all day long. It was Man. awesome. Yeah. I love it. Corinne, Corinne and Valor, we're going to we're gonna have to dedicate some time to talk sports <laughs> memories and journeys uh, maybe after the show. But hey, really quick, Corinne, you were sharing something pre-show that I thought we all thought was really special. You and your family were actually watching live when Hank Aaron, the hammer broke Babe Ruth's record. That is really cool. Yes. Yeah. 46 years ago today. So happy anniversary to Hammer and Hank for all he achieved mm. with his 755 home runs. Man. And that is really, uh, we all know the impact he had. So uh, gone way too soon. But nevertheless, Corinne and Valerie, thank you for indulging us uh, with a little bit of food, a little bit of baseball, a little bit of sports. Really quick, before we get started here today, I want to welcome in, hey, Jim from Pennsylvania. Great to have you here via LinkedIn. Uh, Josh Goody makes a great point. Can't believe the heat wave in Europe, he says. Hope that everyone's doing okay. Last summer, it was 108 degrees with 60% humidity. And as we were talking pre-show, no one owns an AC unit up there. So you all have my sympathy and empathy, Josh. And and we, we... completely agree with you and Godspeed best wishes to all the folks getting through this really tough time. And then finally, Oluwatosin is with us here today via LinkedIn from Nigeria. Great to have you back. I always enjoy your perspective here. Dr. Rhonda grew up in South Jersey, huge Phillies fan. She says, love watching our fighting Philly baseball players while enjoying some baseball favorite foods. She was in the cotton candy pretzels with lots of yellow mustard. <laughs> the good old days. She says, love it. All right. So y'all keep the comments coming. We're going to try to work through all of them as we have a great chat with Valerie and Corinne here today. Let's get started. Let's get to work. So Valerie, I want to get your thoughts initially as we kind of level set with what has changed in this new world of supply chain planning. Let's start there. Well, I mean, you know, we live in unprecedented times, right? I mean, if you even before the pandemic, we were dealing with new tariffs. We were dealing with 
supply chain disruptions. Now we have, uh, you know, global climate changes. And, um, and that's just changed the way supply chains really, you know, can operate. Uh, we see, we see so much, you know, with our, our customers and our customers, the companies that I work with are facing, you know, kind of new, new disruptions. And, and it's just, uh, it's just made uh, supply chain operations, supply chain planning, I think, completely, uh, you know, completely different. Yes. Uh, we got some of the old challenges still with us. We got new challenges still with us. Corinne, what, based on what Valerie just shared and some of your thoughts, what's your take here with what has changed in this new environment? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Valerie. I think it's just coming at us faster and we have to be much more responsive in how we plan. And we need to evaluate multiple scenarios for the business. So, so Valerie, as, you, as you're helping companies and working with them, what's changing from a planning perspective to really address some of these challenges? Well, one of the things that we see almost everywhere, irrespective of industries, is that uh, it seems to be much more supply-driven than uh, than in the past, right? I was in a recent conversation with a, a co colleague and customer. He said, uh, before the pandemic, you know, my customers were really banging on the table about good service on time, in full. And now as, you know, as post-pandemic, Customers are thanking me. Thank you for taking my order. <laughs> just, so what a change, right? And it just changes our focus from, of course, doesn't take away the need for, for meeting demand and for delivery, but but it means that, you know, with the variable supply that we have, uh, we need to be more creative and sometimes do more with what we have. Mm. Yeah, Valerie, I mean, there, it, it is so accurate to say there are more constraints today than we've ever seen, right? So whether that constraint is around product supply or whether it's about, you know, distribution capacity or the ability for the ports to handle volume that's coming in or capacity as we think about talent, right? Mm. Having available talent to address all these new challenges what are some of your thoughts on how we make talent productive sooner, more, you know, or take some of the routine activities and automate those? What What are you seeing in this area? I love that you bring it up because for me, uh, you know, working with this new talent that's coming in is, uh, you know, is, is really a great challenge, but, you know, it's really a great fun. You know, we saw the great resignation. Now a lot of our supply chains are trying to bring you bring people back, but it's it's a new type of work. We know more people are working from home, so they need digital tools, right? They need to be able to access data and information wherever they are. Sometimes uh, it's with a lot of newer talent as well, and the newer talent brings new uh, new skills and uh, new capabilities. I think I, of course, I'm the mother of some uh, young children, uh, young young adults now, so they're not children anymore. And I see how they work, and you know, it, it's really amazing. Much more, you know, digitally native, mm -hmm. and much more able to handle, you know, massive amount of data, more analytical. Do you see the same? I'd love to hear our audience, right? What do they? Yes. What do they see? Valerie, that's a great call out. So, folks, we'd love to kind of hear what you have to say and what you're seeing, whether when it comes to what's new in this supply chain planning environment or when it comes to talent, what are you seeing there? I would just add, Corinne, I'd love to hear your thoughts too, but you know, new data is coming out. 
that's showing more and more burnout uh, in the mm-hmm. supply chain profession, right? Regardless of, of talent, right? Because there's been, as we all know, a lot more pressure on people, on systems, on technology. We're going to touch on that later. But Corinne, leaders, you know, they've got old challenges, but they've got a lot of new challenges based on this environment too, right? Oh, absolutely. And and burnout's a very real thing. I mean, we, we have, have all lived through this heightened sense of urgency and supply chain has taken center stage, which you know I believe is fantastic, right? So now we we need to continue to kind of command that center stage and be very active and guiding business strategy. But that's been a lot of pressure. And right. and we've asked a lot of our planning teams and our execution teams. And I think to Valerie's point, you know, yes, we've got these digital natives that are entering and and gaining good authority around the planning practices and they embrace technology and we cannot do the things that need to be done to transform global supply chains without technology. And, And so I think it's even more important today because Scott, you know, I say this phrase all the time, but we need to replace risky inventory with valuable information and valuable insights and elevate what that talent is doing so that we can really take advantage as we attract and retain top talent. They want to use new tools that are going to help them see the analytics and use their creativity yes. to solve problems. Hey, one other quick comment, Valerie and Corinne. I was just sitting down with a, a couple of incredible supply chain students and a wonderful professor, former practitioner at from Western Michigan University, right? Top 25 on the Gartner list, yep. great school. But one of the things that came up that I loved, uh, Valerie and Corinne, is one of the students was talking about her role in the internship and she was talking about this experience she had, I think with her supervisor and she was asking lots of questions and including why do we do it that way? And the supervisor was like, Hey, you ask a bunch of questions. And she was like, you're right. I do. And I'm going to keep asking questions until it makes sense. And Valerie and Corinne, when I think about that, that is a wonderful development, right? Imagine all the innovation and, and the new ways of, of solving problems that's going to come with these not only naturally curious, but like passionately curious professionals. Valerie, how would you, how, how does that sound in your ears? Yeah. So I, sometimes I call them impatient. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they no longer have, you know, the, the, the time to read, you know, thick manuals or to follow mm-hmm. instructions. They're much more intuitive, I think, in the way they solve problems very collaboratively as well, right? I yep. mean, they've, they've grown up on Discord and, and you know, in Slack and Teams. And so they ask each other, you know, all the time about questions. It's a constant conversation. Yep. In our products at, at Infor, we're very passionate about, you know, learning and working with this new uh, early talent, right? How do they think? How do they work? Yep. And how do we weave this into all of our different technologies to be, you know, to make them productive and therefore to make our organizations more productive. So, hey, really quick, Corinne, I'm going to pass it back to you, but it's like Valerie was taking a snapshot of my three or four screens and then the apps I'm on right this minute, Valerie. It's like <laughs> you're looking over my shoulder. But hey, really quick, Jenny says, at the university, and Jenny, good, great to see you here today. Uh, at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, we are certainly seeing more interest in the supply chain field wonderful. now that it's in the headlines. That's wonderful. Shashi, great to have you back from the UAE uh, via LinkedIn. Thanks so much for joining us. Doug says, 
We're seeing huge constraints in direct labor and warehousing since this role needs to be on site. Thus, leaders placing a focus on technology and automation to augment current labor dynamics and shifts. Great comments there, Doug. And thanks for joining us here today. Gene, dividends from good supplier relationships paid many times over. Fundamentals are even more important. And on that note, Corinne, I want to throw it over to you with this one observation. I was watching a supply chain leader on Twitter, uh, one of our uh, friends of the show earlier today, or maybe it was last night, and he was talking about how folks that were calling on him, especially shippers, before the pandemic and then disappeared the last three years, and now they're trying to you know, grab lunch with them and, and that kind of stuff. Nope. If you can't take care of me, you know, in, in these crazy challenging times, you know, he's really making a point to Gene's point about these critical relationships through the good, through the bad, through the easier times, through the tougher times. Those are what gets us all, you know, further down uh, this journey. But Corinne, where are we going next with uh, yeah. Valerie? So Valerie, I do want to kind of tie these two ideas together because you talked about in this this new world, right? This post-COVID world, we're grappling with constraints in the area of supply, right? Which changes our mindset in how we plan. And then we have this new um, talent pool that's coming to the table with um, arms wide open, ready to embrace technology. Talk to us a little bit about how those, you know, how the planning practice has changed um, as a part of those two elements coming together. So one of the things I, I feel strongly is that this this new talent, and of course, you know, in supply chains, even people that have been around for a long time want to want to make decisions that are data driven. But there's a lot of data and a lot of, you know, sometimes you know people are say buried in data and, and can't find really the information and so i think that planning and supply chain systems will have to change to be bringing this data forth in an intuitive manner so that we can and recommend decisions i think it's it's no longer just about you know go through the analytics and and figure out the answer but it's about what are the system recommending what are your peers doing uh, you know, across your organization, and how do you you become more efficient? So, it, to me, it ties the data and analytics. It ties, you know, be more systems have to be more collaborative. You know, and and allow you to share your notes and your thoughts process. So, and really supporting the decisions in a much more, I think, intuitive way. And and mm. that's a big area where at Infor, right, we we're looking at is how to make our products, you know sensing the disruptions and analyzing what, you know, what needs to be corrected and then helping customers uh, correct their plans, make mm -hmm. them, you know, more feasible plans, especially when you have supply constraints, more, yep. uh, more efficient, more uh, oriented toward profit and not so much cost and so on. Yeah, I, I think that those are all really, really valuable points because we are modeling multiple scenarios now and elevating um, that data or those analytics. But you just mentioned something really important that I think is so natural for your conversation that you don't realize how important it is. And that is the ability to grade the outcomes, to go back and see, how did we do? Mm -hmm. Was our plan feasible? 
what was our performance? What do we do differently in the future? And this is an area where technology is starting to really drive additional incremental value for businesses. So I think that's very exciting. I, I agree. I think that through something we've never seen before is that we're modeling processes through technology more and more. At first, it was you know capturing the process and the transitions, but now it's following how are people operating, you know, do, doing the processes. A lot of really great user analytics tell us, you know, where are users clicking? Yeah. How are they, you know, are they finding the information quickly and, and delivering this, you know, delivering the information that they need, whether it's, uh, as you said, you know, how am I doing? You know, how, what did I do? Or even, you know, what, uh, what's the, the best optimal way to, to go forward? Yep. Yeah, now that's some really interesting points that you just made when we think about how the planning process has changed, you know, in this post-COVID world. If you think today, Valerie, about the requirements or the important attributes of a successful planning process, what do those look like? Or what would you encourage our community to look at or dive deeper into as they look at transforming their supply chain performance? Well, I think uh, one of the things that's very important is uh, you need to have a process that is really tailored for the industry and mm-hmm. and the and the type of business that you're doing. You know, whether you're if you're a manufacturer, you know, if you're a food manufacturer or beverage manufacturer, it's very different than if you're, you know, many you know producing computers or sensors or or automotive components. And so for us at Infor, we've made a conscious decisions to really focus on key industries, but to provide, you know, essentially what we very complete set of capabilities to support, you know, our key industries. Mm-hmm. And that, for example, you know, in, in the food and bev uh, industry, mm-hmm. we work with customers that are produ- milk producers, such as uh, Aurora Organic Milk. They, they not only use our planning tools to plan demand and, and supply, but they're looking at how to do the most, how to optimize their recipes with the milk components that they have, right? You could make butter, you can make buttermilk, you can make yogurt. Valor, just one quick question. They are big proponents of pairing that milk with Oreos, right, Valerie? That's the million dollar question. Right? <laughs> of course. Of course. And uh, want to bring the hot dogs in here, but <laughs> hot dogs and milk, maybe not. Uh, maybe but, not today, uh, but... <laughs> but, but beer is another example, right? Hot dogs and beer. I mean, and you know, this is another industry that over and over again, our customers are selecting in for because our deep knowledge in, in how to plan and schedule beer production. And mm. in fact, sometimes, so we did the rough calculation and found that over almost one in every three beer in the world is actually scheduled or planned with an info product. So that shows you how okay. <laughs> it's very key, how the, this capability is is key, right? And, and personally, I feel that that's going to be a key component to succeed in this new world. What do we need to do? Well, we need to change our planning so that we consider what's our competitive advantage, what are the type of, you know, what, what's our industry, who are we competing with, and how do we, we squeeze or find the, all of the different ways to, to be successful, you know, as a manufacturer or especially, you know, as a distributor. It's, right. 
yeah. as a business leader. All right, really right. quick, Corinne, uh, no, she shared a lot there, and you and I both are probably licking our chops of what we want to comment on, and we got some comments we'll get to. But first, let's just acknowledge, based on the one and three, is that amongst many things that have allowed us to get through the last three years, Infor is taking care of that beer supply chain. <laughs> And we, we have we have Valerie and the whole N4 team and all those wonderful brew masters and that workforce to thank there. So, Valerie, from all of the world of supply chain, thank you very much. But, Corinne, please share your – kidding aside, please share your reactions of what Valerie just shared. And I'm going to get some, some of these comments here from a lot of folks uh, in the cheap seats. Yeah, awesome. Um, because, Valerie, you're right. First of all, Scott, one in three is, is a pretty – pretty impressive statistic there. Um, But Valerie, I think you're making a really important point. We're in a marketplace now where there is maturity and industry specific capabilities become differentiators for us, right? So you mentioned food and beverage, but at the same time, fashion, right? And fashion is very different than food and beverage. And I know that those are, are two industries that inform really has a very, very nice uh, track record in serving those challenges. And those are very different. You might still say, well, you know, there's demand planning, there's inventory optimization, and then we got to make, move and deliver the goods, but it's done differently, right? That's right. That's right. So, you know, how you work with your suppliers, how you distribute the seasonality in the type of products, whether you know, fashion as a seasonality in their demand, you know, food productions will often have a seasonality in the supply that they're, that, you know, they're counting on. And so really for us, it's, it's about, you know, packaging all of those capabilities that you need in one solution suite from new soup to nuts, you know, from the, from the operation planning, supply planning, operations, running your, um, you know, your distribution and it's really making our customers more successful because mm-hmm. they they have you know that that solid system that they can count on which has been tailored and designed for for their industry and brings all of these things as you said Karen that we might not think about so yep. you know how hard can it be to make beer <laughs> but there's a lot of complexities and it's you know multi-million dollar yeah. operations these breweries and so um massive demand too massive demand a whole different scale but so. and the pandemic has brought a lot of different need for different products right we yep. we have discovered many different beverages uh you know different types of beer um and and i think that's another way where the world is changing the proliferation of of new demands and of new products. It, it's important to plan that, you know, efficiently. And yes, Valerie, so many great, good points here. I think uh, one final thought, and I'm going to share some comments here. Uh, you know, we, we've seen mass customization as a preference on the consumer side. You, you both y'all touched on that. And then, you know, on the technology side, that one of the big points you've been making is that practical customization of the technology and the platforms that folks are using based on industry, based on operation, based on the needs of the business. So that's a really important point. Really quick, we've got some great comments. And then Corinna, uh, we've got one, we've got another big question that we're gonna, you're going to be posing to Valerie here in just a minute. But uh, going back to the talent side, Rhonda mm-hmm. says, uh, I see some anxiety, honestly. In part, I attribute that to uncertainty and COVID-19 restrictions and social isolation that was kind of glossed over because we were so busy trying to solve problems. Now we can breathe a little and are noticing how the past two plus years impacted our uh, psychological and physiological, please don't ask me to say those two words again, well-being, kindness, and support. 
It's all so important. Dr. Rhonda, hey, you heard it from the expert. Great points there. And these are these are big factors that leaders have to take into account, regardless of supply chain or, or any industry. Shashi shares, Corinne, constraints are so many. COVID mm-hmm. is gone yet. Close. Uh, we continue, he, he says, to be affected with Ukrainian war. He mentions mm-hmm. it's getting tougher as we're trying to all fix the puzzles. Great point there. He also says digitization is at full swing with yeah. every organization because it's a wake-up call for CEOs. Supply is all the talk of town boardrooms. Analytics and data science modeling is at the forefront. And then finally, two quick comments here. And y'all keep these comments going. They're wonderful. Gene says analytics has been looking backward. Now we yeah. have to look forward where there aren't precedents. Such a great point, Gene. And then Russell says, hey, just one comment. The leaders must be 100% aligned with the supply chain chief uh, chief supply chain officer. Just technology alone cannot support the collapses. Excellent point there, Russell. Okay, Corinne, back to you. Well, I, I want to jump in on Russell's point from the perspective of it is more than technology. We've got to be looking at our processes and we have to look at data. So as we're harnessing more and more machine learning or artificial intelligence or analytics, Valerie, as you're describing to get not just backward looking as Jean said, but forward looking from a predictive and prescriptive, what should I do perspective, right? This, these are new and exciting areas where technology can really differentiate the business. Valerie, talk to us for just a minute about where some of those investments are going from an Infor perspective. Right. So as as we've all said, right, I perfectly agree with the technology. I often say it's really people, process, and technology. And technology is the last in that list because that's where it belongs. It's a, We talked a little bit about people, right, about I think key is, you know, recognizing that we need you know, our people are the operators. There are the, you know, the, the people that run our supply chains and we need to have software and processes that meet them and that continue to grow with them. So at Infor, you know, we mentioned very people-centric building role-based uh, experiences that, uh, you know, a supply planner uh, might be some doing something very different than a, than a demand planner, yet very different than their managers. And so, how do we support their operations? How do we support the collaboration that they need? But also from the process perspective, I find it fascinating how we're building more, you know, process mining and, and process intelligence so that, you know, we help our customers where they are today at the level of maturity that they have, right? So they might be, you know, using uh, still, you know, making some, you know, manual, some using some manual tools still. Sometimes you can see Excel, but but more and more growing in their use of, of analytics, making it intuitive, and I call it, you know, natural as part of their processes. And then, but also working with them and, and suggesting what's the next step, you know, in your process? What should you be considering? Highlighting some, some new observations uh, that that we see. So, for example, in the demand planning area, we're looking continually at what drives demand from an ex- outside-in, like external perspective. Is it driven by oil prices? In some 
some industries it is. Sometimes it's driven by social media or consumer preferences. And so bringing these signals in and then helping people maybe craft new promotions or or maybe craft new, um, you know, new, uh, new forecasting mechanisms that help them leverage that. Yeah, those are great points, I think, and very practical from from the perspective of we do have access to new data. And oh, by the way, post COVID, my history is not Mm -hmm. now an indicator of future demand. We've got new demand signals, as you were expressing, Valerie. And so I think that puts even more emphasis on leveraging technology to uncover some of these new patterns um, for our business and to get in front of those trends. Exactly. Valerie, when, when, when a company is starting its supply chain transformation, where, where do they start? Or you know, what recommendations do you have about you know, great places to get started or to make an impact quickly? Well, I think that, um, you know, looking at, of course, looking at peers uh, in your industry, uh, looking at what your, uh, you know, your competitors, but also kind of your other, your suppliers and your customers, what they're doing in your ecosystem is is really valuable. I mean, I encourage companies to to share their roadmaps, right, where they are and how they want to grow. And at Infor, in fact, we're part of uh, the greater Coke Industries conglomerate and and we have the knowledge, you know, knowledge uh, uh, sharing networks where we share among each other, among the different companies, you know, how to, how to manage talent, uh, what are their technologies that we find exciting, how, you know, what are the problems most important to solve. And so, so to me, that, that ecosystem brings really good, you know, support. And that of course in, includes, you know, you guys bringing us new new trends and new ideas and analysts and, and others. But then also, I think it's, it's important to look at what makes you as an organization who you are, right? What's your competitive advantage? And then really build on that. If that's, if you are, you know, a, a food manufacturer making uh, frozen meals, or, or if you're a manufacturer of components for, um, you know, into industrial manufacturing, it's important to know what are the challenges and what's most important to address and, and how to build and continue that competitive edge that you have. Because mm. every investment has to be evaluated based on, you know, its return. And, mm. uh, and I feel that it's, it's not enough to be like everybody else, right? The software, the agnostic software, it's one size does, you know, fits none today. It really needs to be about tailored for you and for your challenges. All right. Yeah, I so, love that last statement. Yes. Wait a minute. One size fits none, right? It's not one size fits all. One size fits none because it does need to be tailored, as you're saying, Valerie, to the problems or the biggest constraints to be addressed. Or I'm an optimist, the biggest opportunities that can be harnessed in that global network as well. That's yep. right. Valerie, you got to say that louder for the folks in the back. One size fits none. Uh, you got to make sure, uh, as you're saying, you got to make sure the investment fits your operation. You got to make sure it's aligned with where you're place other, you know, placing other bets. And and gosh, that decision can't just rest in the C-suite. Get out and and make it make those decisions 
with your people, not to your people, as as someone said on an earlier show. So, Valerie, a lot of good stuff. Let me share a couple of quick comments here. Yes. Uh, it's, it's always interesting where folks gravitate to what topics because Valerie's putting out a bunch of goodness. But he goes, uh, Rhonda says, cheers to that beer revelation. Uh, Shashi says, beer kept us going. Jenny says, beer supply definitely essential in Wisconsin, although our Milwaukee brewers do spring training out in Arizona. That's a great comment there. Jenny uh, also says, knowledge sharing upstream and downstream. So important. Completely agree with you, Jenny. And I'm going to share this. I'm going to share this question from Rhonda. Um, before we're going to get into some resources that Valorant and N4 team have, but both of y'all take look at this question we got here. What contingency planning is happening in the event of technology grid breakdown due to larger scale hackers or foreign attacks on our systems? So any, you know, both of y'all were talking earlier. As we know, the modeling and scenario planning, contingency planning, it's no longer a nice to have. You, you got to be doing it. Your team's got to be doing it. Not to put both of y'all on the spot, but any, any thoughts around, you know, the technology, you know, those types of threats in global supply chain right now? Valerie, any thoughts? So, well, we feel, uh, I feel strongly that cloud and, you know, cloud systems, are really are going to help us in the long term or even in the short term today with uh, you know with attacks and and uh, with security uh, with security problems you know when your system is in a cloud it may feel you know for some industries or some companies a little uncomfortable at first to let go but but then i feel that in a way uh it takes away a lot of the troubles you know of maintaining and you know all that whole cost of ownership Agreed. but then in addition to this it really strengthens your security because in the cloud, you know, systems are built by, by experts, right? That are looking at, you know, redundancy, that are looking at keeping data secure, that are looking at, you know, multi-factor authentication and encryption. And in a way, a good cloud system, you know, and, and of course, you know, Infor, we pride ourselves on our technology and, and on the, you know, the experts that have helped us build that. That's, that's key. And, and that helps, Take away the fears of many CIOs uh, would have on that. Well yeah. stated, Valerie. And Rhonda, great question. Corinne, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I totally agree. And Rhonda, great question, because guess what? The cybersecurity is now on the agenda for the chief supply chain officer. So yep. not just the CIO and the technology team, but that chief supply chain officer is thinking about cybersecurity as well. So. Valerie, I agree with you. I think cloud-based systems are doing a better job than on-premise systems in looking at measures and best practices to keep our access safe and make sure that, that if, if an attack happens, that there's backup and strategy that's going to get you back on board faster than most companies are able to do if they are still operating in, you know, an old client server environment or an on-premise environment for their business. Yep. Um, well said. That's a very important point. Yeah. You know, the, the cloud technology, cause that's what you gotta give the people what they want. And that shift has been taking place for years. It's all about the cloud now as both of you are speaking to, it's almost like uh, self checkout links. You know, when they were first initially introduced, no, everybody was like, yeah, I kind of want to have that service. Now they're all the rage. 
I've been in, I hadn't talked to someone in a grocery store in like seven years, Corinne and Valerie, you know, and, and that's good for me. Uh, we were talking earlier this week about checkout, a checkout less retail experience, which is now kind of the next generation. So who knows? It's amazing times we're living in. Um, all right. So Corinne and Valerie, really appreciate all of your thoughts here. Rhonda, great question. I wish we could get to Muhammad's question and uh, Shashi's question. Uh, maybe y'all can connect with Valerie and Corinne later, but let's make sure. So Valerie, you and the N4 team brought a resource today that I think will give folks a lot more information about uh, what, all that you're doing uh, when it comes to supply chain planning in for tell us uh tell us about this first link that our team's going to drop in the comments yes so at in for you know we have a, a very many different solutions to meet different business needs but in particular i'm very proud of our supply chain planning tool which you know uh in, of course covers uh, demand planning and supply planning has a layer for integrated business planning support the uh, snop process and linked with our production scheduling. So again, you know, necessary for many of our industries is to take the supply plans and make sure that they're, they're you know, they're scheduled and that you get all of that, you know, the, the ability to manipulate schedules and to have scenario analysis and so on. So that's, so that's that first link, our brochure, part of our uh, uh, whole, The whole enchilada, Valerie, is what I'm hearing. The whole enchilada, you can learn more about all that uh, the N4 supply chain planning team does. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You know, we can't get by without our food analogies, Valerie and Corinne. Let's see here. And it, it looks like our team's dropping that first link. And then the second link, if you want to reach out uh, to Valerie or the team in N4, learn more, have a conversation, compare notes, talk shop. Y'all can tell Valerie, Corinne, all of us are passionate and yeah. would welcome those types of conversations. But we're going to drop that link in there as well. Let's see here. Josh making a good point here. When it comes to data, we have a less than ideal backup that requires a lot of manual entry, basically an Excel spreadsheet we upload to compensate for whatever the system missed during the attack outage. Josh, you know, you're probably speaking to a lot of organizations out there because as we can't, you know, can't have a supply chain conversation without talking about spreadsheets because they're still prevalent, right? But it's time, just like it's time to change how we plan it's time to change how we lead supply chains and lead businesses. So y'all got to take the advice and act on the insights we, you've heard from Valerie and Corinne here today. Great point, Josh. Okay, so Valerie, you're given, as we kind of come down the home stretch here, you're given a big keynote we hear about. Tell us about that and tell us also how can folks connect with Valerie Tardif? Yes, so well, uh, I'll be co-presenting with uh, colleagues at uh, Georgia Pacific on our uh, the transformation that... Uh, Georgia Pacific is doing with uh, supply chain planning at uh, CSCMP, the EDGE conference in, in Nashville in September. So I'm really excited. We're excited to present, uh, you know, their challenges and their successes. So we'll be Alejandra and I from Alejandra from, uh, from uh, Georgia Pacific will be on, uh, on stage with me. Wonderful. And uh, we'll be at uh, the Gardner conference in London as well and in for group. So uh, it's also another way to meet with us. And of course, I'm, you know, I'm on LinkedIn and I love to get connections and uh, meet new people. That's again, this is how the world has changed, right? From business cards to, to our virtual network. So uh, feel free to reach out to me or of course at uh, Infor's website, we, you can reach, uh, reach us there as well. Love it. Um, hey, we have got, I want to, I want to share a little tidbit here since you're heading to that conference. I switched over from 
you know, printing out business cards to this one little card mm. that when folks ask for a card, I just let them, I show them this and they can scan it with their phone. And it, it lists every information you ever want to know about me on uh, my contact card in their phone. And I've tried this out at a couple conferences and folks love it. So check that out, Valerie, as you head to these conferences. And, and for that matter, Corinne, everybody's getting back in person. You know, conferences are, are coming back. It sounds like a great presentation that Valerie and her colleague from Georgia Pacific are given. The other thing. Yeah, absolutely. And Valerie, we, we didn't really dive into your role with Infor, but I think it's come out in this conversation. It is probably worth just a brief description from you on where your role sits because you're, you know, connecting market opportunities and customer needs and new technology innovation. So tell us what it means to be vice president of product uh, management within four. What, what does that mean to, you know, the typical person that might be joining us today? Yes. I love to, it's a great role and, and I love this role and I've been doing it now for, for several years because it really is, it's about serving your customers, right? First and foremost, it's about, you know, organizations around us, making them more successful and uh, more profitable. And so for me, it's all about bringing, uh, making our customers uh, more successful and some, you know, also increasing their level of maturity. So there's a bit of education. There's a bit of, you know, what does it take to be successful in this new world? And the way we do this is uh, as product management, right? We, we're listeners, listeners to the market, listeners to what our customers need, to what our company, you know, what the competition, what everybody is doing and, and making, you know, decisions on how to bring that most effectively in our technologies and in our services. Because today we're no longer just software providers, right? We're service providers. We mm. provide the whole enchilada, and so um, so how do you do that really, um, really well? It's it's uh, what what I love to do. Clearly, you can see the passion. It just exudes passion. You clearly love what you do, and you're great at it. And I appreciate uh, the insights and ex expertise you've dropped here. But hey, we're gonna surprise you, Valerie. Look at what Shashi has put in here in the comments. He says, N4 has helped us to modernize our warehouse processes to fix service level agreements with the business to monitor inventory visibility and matrices. Hey, that was an unexpected little endorsement there, Valerie, huh? That's awesome. Yes. Very That's cool. Really, really nice. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, Josh. Very, nice. Very nice. And Josh is also, a lot of folks have have mentioned uh, the importance of uh, Rhonda's question from earlier. And I appreciate both of y'all speaking to that. Okay, so folks, if you're in Nashville at the CSCMP conference, make sure don't miss Valerie's keynote with uh, her colleague there from Georgia Pacific. Valerie, please make this commitment that you're definitely going to get some Hattie beads when you're in Nashville, Tennessee. Can, can we can we get a picture from you? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, it's been such a pleasure, folks. You make sure you connect with Valerie via LinkedIn. Check out those links. Corinne, before we let Valerie go, home run guess as we promised here today, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for the insight and and for the, um, you know, the baseball experience too. I, I can't let that one go. But I love um, your point of view and some of the things that you've shared with us uh, today. So thanks so much for being with us, Valerie. Thank you. No, it was my pleasure. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And uh, thank safe you travels yes. to Nashville. You'll wow them there too. 
Uh, but big thanks for your time with us over the last hour. We've been talking with Valerie Tardif with N4. Thanks so much, Valerie. Thank you. Home run. I tell yeah. you, you can clearly tell that Valerie loves what she does. She brings a wealth of been there, done that knowledge, but also not just, again, like one of the main points we made here today, not just looking back in the rearview mirror, looking ahead, changing new change for how we're leading the industry in a different spot. So a lot of good stuff there from Valerie. But what, what was, um, I've got two questions for you before we wrap here, Corinne. First off, what was one of your favorite things that Valerie shared here today? And then we're going to make sure folks know how to connect with you and Tech Talk. Yeah, I, I think Valerie did an excellent job of really tying together the fact that the world has changed. And so our technology needs to change as well. And oh, by the way, the people using the technology, our talent, is approaching the problems in a whole different way, right? These digital natives are embracing technology and kind of helping to push it forward faster, I think, from an adoption perspective. So we can't plan the same way today that we did 10 years ago. It's time to really embrace what technology can do. And as one of our um, listeners shared, you know, get out of the spreadsheets, yeah. get it into the system and start automating that process. That's right. Josh Goody, thanks for weighing in here today so much. All right, really quick. A lot of folks have enjoyed Dr. Julia uh, Puja, also enjoyed it via LinkedIn, uh, saying thanks to Valerie, Dr. Rhonda. Valerie hit a home run as we knew, hit a home run like Hank here today. But Corinne, beyond today's conversation, let's make sure folks know how to connect with you and the well-recognized, award-winning Tech Talk Digital Supply Chain Podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, and I should have welcomed all of our Tech Talk movers and shakers who are going to join us today. So thank you for being here. And please share those um, episodes of Tech Talk out with, with your community as well. And we're seeing great growth and momentum um, around those topics of digital supply chain. So it's been a lot of fun and just a, a wide variety of topics to tackle in, you know, coming in the coming months. But you know what, Scott, I'm going to be with you and Greg on Monday. That's I'm going right. to be back for the buzz. Back for the buzz. And one of our favorite broadcasts, who knows, Valerie may, may show up for a buzz at some point soon. Uh, that'd be a really big buzz episode. Looking forward to that. Uh, me and you and Greg will be tackling some of the uh, biggest stories taking place across global business on Monday, every Monday at 12 noon Eastern time. So y'all join us for that. All right. Hey, Shashi, we appreciate this comment here. Appreciate everything you dropped in the comments today. You and all of your colleagues, a lot of goodness coming out of the cheap seats, uh, the skyboxes here today. So I appreciate that, uh, Shashi. Okay. So Corinne, we definitely want to uh, make sure folks connect with Valerie. They connect with Corinne Versa. We've got links, LinkedIn comment, uh, LinkedIn links in the show notes to make it easy. Y'all check out uh, the supply chain planning team at N4 via that link. Uh, connect the dots. Uh, I'm sure Valerie would welcome uh, a, an opportunity to talk shop with any uh, of our listeners. But Corinne, whatever you do, beyond all of that, right? Uh, on behalf, and big thanks to our production team, by the way, for all that they do. But on behalf of Corinne Bursa, uh, this is Scott Luton signing us off here today, but challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. On that note, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. 
See you next time on Supply Chain Now.